What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people up at Tyler, people in the Shot City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. You are tuned in here to the Friday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producer, Mr. Sandspin, the one and twos. Your number to participate is 1-800-707-9760. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. Make sure you continue to visit their website. Check out all their latest products. You can shop from the comfort to your own home. And this first segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Integrity Advisors Agency of Stephen Reese. Stephen Reese is a fully virtual insurance broker who can handle all your insurance needs, whether auto, life, home, or renters. All right, and he can find the cheapest rate out there for you because he represents over 40 different carriers. Give him a call. His number is 210-641-4000. That is Integrity Advisors Agency of Stephen Reese, official sponsor of the Sports Crime. 1-800-707-9760. If you know what you want to talk about, like always, it's open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Uh, anything that we're discussing on today's docket or anything we discussed yesterday, if you didn't have an opportunity to call, you can parlay that over to today. We just ask you to be patient during the breaks and during the segments, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, keep in mind if you need to reach out to me or follow me via Twitter, it's at SportsGrind. Um, if you need, if you want to, you can log on to the business page of SportsGrind Entertainment and you can stream the show through there. You can interact, you can leave comments, we'll read them if they fit and they're appropriate. Also, don't forget if you miss any of the daily uh, shows, you can always go to SportsGrindOnline.com where you can catch the podcast and download the podcast from there as well. One eight hundred seven zero seven nine seven sixty. What's up, Mister Clark? Ready? Yes, sir. Ready, to rock and roll. All right, Mister Sams. What's up, fellas? How we doing? All right, man. Hanging in there. Time to uh, get it going here in the week. Strong. Got a few things that will quite a few things to get to today. Um, that's on the docket. First off, NBA wise, your Spurs. The record has to wait another game. You know, the Spurs lose at home. As a six and a half point favorite to Sacktown, they lose outright. So the record gets held. They lose on Bill Shoning's two thousand game call, which I thought the uh, local coverage um, with the Spurs. I thought they did. A, I watched some of the pregame, and they did a good job with honoring Bill Shoning with his, uh, you know, kind of with the. Um, the accolades and the notoriety and stuff like that. I kind of like that. I mean, you know. They did it again in game too. It was cool. Yeah, yeah. And, so. in the, and in the arena and everything. Yeah, okay. Well, again, they couldn't deliver W on these special nights, our silver and black. And a Sacramento is a time that's kind of down there. You know, they're down there trying to find them ways to back up to be competitive. Um, which that's just been a that, – down there with Sacktown, that's to me, that's a culture thing because there's talent on that deal. I've been saying that for the last few years, even before they let go Luke Walton. But what you got, John? So just the timing of things now, right? So it getting it gets delayed. So the next game is to tie. That's going to be on the road at the Hornets tomorrow. But that gives the Spurs a chance and Pop the chance to break the record. 1,336 on Monday in San Antonio, as opposed to being on the road in Charlotte, and against the Lakers, so mm-hmm. a little little extra jab. You know the you know the the, the rivalry between the two city between the yeah. two teams. It's probably going to be a Lakers home crowd, but if there's a reason for San Antonio to show up for this one, I mean, you, of course you need to win on uh, on Saturday. 
Well, there's two things interesting you said in that whole take. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I don't care if it's the Lakers, Memphis, whatever. I just want her to get it over with, to be honest with you. It's been a countdown since the beginning of the season. Uh, the, you know, in regards to, yes, the Lakers, you know, a home game, do it then. But the reality of it is, is that, the, the I mean, the city, I don't know from the pulse of it, I don't know how much of the city's really in tune on this record. I mean, in regards to that's really going to show up. You would think that, let's say, for example, if it is Monday and the record still, they still haven't won, they didn't beat, uh, who they got next to Hornets? Charlotte, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're winning that one either. But if let's say if they did beat Charlotte, or they didn't, and it's Monday, you would think that's probably one of the highest, other than, um, yeah, you would say that's one of the highest ticket sale games this year because it's pop history on the line. But I just don't get the sense from the pulse of the city that they're really in tune and in, into, you know, celebrating this record. I, I just think the city is kind of. Um, there's a there's a lot of factors into it. I don't think they're really engaged to this new team uh, because they haven't they haven't uh, you know they have they haven't started winning the way this expectations down here. And then number two of it, I just think you have a city that's kind of torn on what they feel about Pop and the situation of where we're at as an organization. And and half of the fan base uh, is wanting a fresh start. And I think half those fan bases still love Pop, still think he's one of the goats, if not the goat. It has nothing to do with that. I can because I think that's what gets major pushback from people here in the media locally and some fan base. Like, oh, are you going to disrespect Pop like that? I don't think that's the case, man. It goes on in any other places that you've had a coach or somebody that stay here this long. I mean, I think also in the same breath, I've always said I've never got on these airwaves and said Pop needs to be fired or he needs to go. I've always basically questioned the questions that I know that are out there to some fan bases that I'm never scared to go there. I have my opinion, but I've also said in the same breath, I think he's earned a right, and that's the that's the gift and the curse and the dangerous slope in this thing. He's earned a right to call it on when he's going to go and damn near who he wants replacing him. You know, I mean, that's just the reality. But um, just get there. And they And hopefully they will. They've got quite a few games left to get it done. But they lose last night. Other NBA uh, news, spec, uh, speaking of losses, Lakers take another one. And this time the complete season sweep of their roommates, the Clippers, uh, they complete the season sweep. And look, we we can talk about. I mean, you know, Laker Nation and sit there and tell you, oh, look at the banners. We got seventeen of them, sixteen. Or however many banners they got. Oh, Clippers will never take L.A. over time. Fine, that's true. But the reality is, is we're talking about in the present. And to me, that's really bad. To where that lets you know the season that you're having when you get swept by the Clippers and they did it without their two best players. Okay, that and again, it just comes down. And part of me is starting. You know, I've, I've I've said this for years in this show. I mean, there's really only two sport organizations or teams that I grew up not really caring for, and and I've tried to get the word hate out of my vocabulary since I've gotten older, but it didn't work. But there's only been two organizations that are really hated in sports, and that was the Cowboys and the Lakers. And to me, I'm even starting to feel a little bit bad for Frank Vogel. Because I think Frank Vogel, it's like it's almost out of his hands to where like, you know, the way y'all structured this team in the offseason from the time that we won the championship and what we're doing here is not really even fits to my coaching style. But I'm trying to just make it work. And the reason why he's still on is, in and, and my opinion, is kind of alluded to what we revealed at the All-Star break with Jenny Buzz and the trade deadline. She didn't want to take any new money. And I think that she doesn't want to sit there and have to pay 
Frank Vogel and pay the remainder of his contract and buy him out and then go pay money and hire whoever new coach is as well. And there's rumors out there floating that LeBron wants Sam Pressy. I don't know how you how you gonna pull that one off. I mean, and, and Sam again, he's Pop's tree. He came from he came from here, cut his teeth here, he's done a pretty damn good job with Oklahoma for the most part. Um so, you know, LeBron's to that point to where you can see him already saying, well, you know, maybe it's because LeBron almost inherited Palinka, uh, Palinka in a certain way, Rob, because of his relationship with Kobe. But the Lakers is just hot garbage right now, man. They're just I mean, they they and that's the thing about the, the this L.A. team, too, which is kind of it, it's, it's it falls on LeBron, too, as well, is that this is a team that. When they get down, you think about even the guys. I mean, Carmelo's 37 years old. I think he's still playing at a decent level, not as high as LeBron. But you think of the skins that this team got on the wall. The one thing I will say, when they get down 12 double digits, they quit. And that's that's something that you really don't like telling a professional athlete they quit. They get down. They don't handle adversity as well, at all. Um, and it's just a hot mess. And there is a good chance that they might and most likely will probably miss the playoff. If best case scenario is the play-in game and might be one and done. So you've got that going on. The Mavs continue uh, to roll. Uh, they defeat Golden State last night. You've heard me talk a lot of Mavericks on this show for the last couple of weeks because I see something brewing. Uh, they defeat the Golden State Warriors. And a couple things crazy about that is I don't know ever if it's happened when's the last time there's a game that stepped in to take a shot in the fourth quarter. That, that was an interesting stat that I saw. And not only that, it finally, th- this whole process, cause Golden State has hit a wall. They, they have been struggling over the last two or three weeks. Um, and really there's one big factor. And I think it's, it, it's good to shine the light for the NBA world and the passerbyer. And, and, and everybody out there, it's showing how important Draymond Green is to that team and really what his skill set is because Draymond has gotten diminished. I remember having debates on this show in regards to Draymond really being a clog or just basically a role player long and all that, and really he's not an all-star and a super team. Man, look, Draymond, they, there's, there's no chip this season or even going for in the next few years without Draymond into that team, the way who they would have to get past. Draymond covers up for a lot of stuff, and this is why there's struggles. He's been out now, I think, a few weeks now. He's missed already going on maybe three weeks he's been out, it feels like. Um, they're really missing him, and I think this is where he's going to get his flowers. Like if you're an NBA fan and you really pay attention to the league in the season, this is going to be the time that I think people are going to start saying like, hey, you know what, Draymond Green, Steph gets all the sizzle, rightfully so, it's his show. Clay Thompson, we waited two years for him to get back, but Draymond Green's absence is a big, glaring hole with Golden State. He makes up for it's the rebounding. It's been able to have those times where he's bringing up the ball to be able to play the point guard from his position. He covers up for defensive lapses. They are missing him. But the story of that, again, is the Mavericks continue to roll, and their identity is defense. I think they're probably the best defensive team in the league just off the naked eye test. I don't care what the stats say or where they're at. I'm just telling you from the naked eye test. I mean, the Heat can play when they want to, but Heat sometimes to me is a little bit inconsistent. But in this stretch over here in the last few weeks, the Mavericks are getting an end in defense. They they remind me that I mean, this is they, they look like a team that was playing, you know, in the in the in the early two thousands and late nineties before we really got, you know, to a run 'em up five on five league where hardly anybody's playing defense. They really lay their hat on defense. And that's credit, uh, I think, to Jason Kidd, because I said this before. 
you know, every when people forget, Jason Kidd made some first team all defensive teams too in his playing days. I mean, everybody knew he was an assist. You know, got a lot of guys paid. You know, Richard Jefferson early on in the Nets days. But Jason Kidd made some first team uh, all defensive teams as well too. So you got that going on. Also in the NFL world, combine continues to be the news. Um, you know, Malik uh, Willis. You know, he's getting some interesting. Reviews about him. I definitely want to talk about that in regards to what's being described about him after he's sat in front of some GMs. Uh, speaking of GMs in the NFL, and I say past or present too, both because I've heard all. I've heard past GMs, Tannenbaum, which is on the four letter network a lot. He's employed with them, former, you know, GM of the Jets and all that. Um, don't really hold him in high regards either, but current GMs, it is, it's mind boggling to me that. There's current GMs and form and past GMs that believe that the league and you got to understand these are GMs that are active in that are pretty much saying that half the league, maybe about 12 to 15 teams are not for sure about their quarterback position and are in need possibly of a quarterback. And I started thinking, I'm like, well, there's 32 teams. That's almost half. I feel without a doubt that. GMs are being kind of unrealistic and fan bases when it comes to this quarterback situation. Um, it goes back to where, and I think I've said this before, it goes back to that from a fan base and the GMs. And I think now you've got a different generation of general managers that are coming to work in the NFL. And these are GMs that have grown up. Uh, they've been part of fantasy football. They've been part of the fan base. They're part of the social media era. And I think without a doubt, they're paying more attention to what their fan base is saying, what they're grumbling about, because the reality of it is, is that there are not a bunch of Patrick Mahomes. There are not a bunch of Josh Allens. They're not a bunch of Hibberts. You know, and this goes back to no matter what era you talk about, I can go back to the 80s. There was only one Dan Marino. There was only one John Elway. There was only one Jim Kelly. You know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, you had to mix in with some Mark Rippins, some Hot Stellers, some, and, and teams were still winning. I, I think this whole, yes, there are a good chunk of teams that might need an upgrade or don't know if we can win with this guy, but I think the, re, the pressure window of the owners and the fan bases that are putting on teams that have to win and the, the that position that's become more glorified because of the play of some certain individuals, such as a Patrick Mahomes, a Lamar Jackson, the whole thing, is putting GMs and fan bases in an unrealistic sometimes, um, you know, expectations. And it's starting to leak over to Jim. Because to sit there and see 12 to 15 teams pop up on the screen and say these are teams that are not really for sure about their quarterback or not, look, come on. I think we're getting out of hand on this. I mean, we're getting out of hand. Like, there's some there's some teams that really need a quarterback that really need a But there's some other teams that look, man, that's, I mean, concentrate on building the other team. You know, you're not going to, I mean, it, 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 there's things that have to align and fall in place for you to be in a position or be able to scout or find that Patrick Mahomes or that Justin Herbert. I mean, Justin Herbert is the, is a prime example. When, when he was at Oregon, he was coming out, and and and, and he, he his sophomore year, his junior, it was buzzing. And I remember that he in his senior year, he decided to come back for senior. That he was being scouted by everybody. John Elway was showing up to his games in Oregon more than anybody else. That was the rumors out there that hey, he was getting ready to move up to go get Hibbert. 
Well, Hibbert turned at 180 and decided to come back for a senior year. Changed the courses of who would have kind of got him, pushed the charges in place. And I remember watching a couple of his games in his senior year down in Oregon. Oregon started to fade a little bit down the stretch, and he had some tough games. And I remember telling Salami, I was like, yo, man, this guy, is gonna, I think he's, gonna, he's hurting his draft. And I remember Salami saying, nah, I don't think he is because Salami was high up on him. But the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, the point of that take, the line, the stars have to align for it to happen sometimes to get that guy. Andrew Luck, you know, was supposed to come out of his after his junior year in Stanford. He decides to come back one year. What happens? Peyton Manning needs next surgery. They part ways. Oh, they stink. And the season before that, his senior year, the Colts go two and twelve or whatever, two and fourteen, whatever the hell they were that year. They get Andrew Luck. Now they screwed that up. But the point is, it you it, it's different factors. So I think GMs and fan bases need to pipe it down a little bit. It's ridiculous to say fifteen teams probably need that. It ain't gonna happen. They're not even happening. There's not even four or five guys a draft that come out that's gonna be NFL guys, regardless of the draft in the first round or not, that are truly gonna make it. So Anyway, got some other things to get to. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, Mr. Sam, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready-to-drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included. And whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full-strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. If you've been accused of a crime, you need trusted and aggressive representation. You need the LaHood Norton Law Group. Over 80 years of combined experience handling both federal and state cases. All of their lawyers are former high-level prosecutors who know the justice system from all sides. For a free consultation, 210-797-7700 or LaHoodNorton.com. Principal Office San Antonio, the LaHood Norton Law Group. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark. Sam spin the one and twos in this R&B Friday. 1-800-707-9760. All right, so keeping it moving, this next segment is going to be sponsored by Way to Grow. Way to Grow is a full-service landscaping company that can handle all your residential or commercial needs. That is Way to Grow, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, so yeah, that's just my feeling on the on the on the quarterback, the overreaction of the uh, GMs and the fan base. I, I think it's just it's lazy. I, I think, in my opinion, I think it's lazy for GMs and fan base when a team is struggling or can't make the playoffs. I mean, and it's the case for some teams that we look at it, but for the majority, I think it's lazy. Just that, well, you know, we ain't found that guy yet. We don't have the guy. It's the quarterback. It, the blaming on the like, it, like you've heard me say a hundred times on the show. It's it's the ultimate team sport, and I think Matthew Stafford just proved kind of what I'm trying to say. It's like sometimes you just it's because your team ain't built right. You don't have enough good play, uh, you know, pieces in place. Like I said, no matter what era you talk about, the '80s, the '90s. Now where we're at, there's usually only three or four of those guys in the league at one time. And there's 32 teams. I mean, excuse me. Yeah, 32 teams. So that's my thing on that. But then what's up? Just that. So could it, could it be a little bit more? Like when I look at a Matt Stafford under Jim, under Jim Caldwell with Megatron, 
they had a decent team making the playoffs, everything like that, even in the NFC North. But when you look at the, the partnership, when we look at the Arizona Cardinals, who just doubled down on, on Kingsbury and, uh, and their GM, that's a relationship, those two, that is super tight, just in any team, GM and head coach. So the scapegoat, they're not going to call out the head coach in terms of, oh, no, he's the problem. No, it's the quarterback that's holding me back, man. I just need I need, I need to have a quarterback. So so is it almost more of a front office kind of, to use the word, the kind of collusion? To where no. they're just like, we're going to blame it on the quarterback because it can't be your fault. Because if it's your fault and, and I'm the GM, I, I, I speak for you. I vouch for you as a head coach. Uh, it, it can't come back on me that this is my mistake that you're a, you're a bad head coach. And I drafted the guy, so if I at least win the head coach conversation, not the quarterback conversation, we just blame it on this guy. We're just, he's our employee. I look. I think the passing rela- the buck down the relationship from a GM. To, I, I've, I've told you the GM in this day in the NFL, a GM is judged by two things: one, who's your head coach that you hire. And number two, who is the quarterback that you got in the draft or acquired free agency under your watch? Those are the two things that determine whether GM gets extensions or get fired. So a relationship with the GM and the quarterback, I would say, is kind of important. That can be close, but it really just comes down to the GM, I believe, and the coach. It's like it's like a picking order. But my point is with this is that, prime example, like look at the – like, look at the situation of this offseason. When you have guys like Tannenbaum, who's been GMs in the league, um, other GMs uh, that are current that have been asked this question, and when you have people saying there's 12 to 15 teams that are unsure about their quarterback position, to me, that's like, that is a lame excuse for GMs and owners who say, well, we can't win because he ain't the guy. He, he it's, it's on him because we need that guy. Because people are looking at Patrick Mahomes, Hibbert, and and Josh Allen, and they're sitting there saying, "Like, man, yeah, it's the quarter." Well, they're they're special for a reason, okay? They're special for a reason. We've seen not elite guys, not Hall of Fame guys, win Super Bowls for. I understand the game has changed, but that that can stay remain the same. And the prime example is look at the market we're in this year, going into the offseason, okay, with the quarterback position. Right, you have a situation to where. You have your selected teams that we knew about. Then you've got teams like the Colts coming to the party, don't know if they're going to outright cut Carson Wentz or not. And the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, it's, it's, if, you're, if you're looking to move on from Carson Wentz, or you're looking at other than Aaron Rodgers on the move or Russell the move, who are you really, who is everybody looking for to move off their guy? Jimmy Garoppolo? Which, yes, I understand Jimmy can win, but I'm thinking like people, like, you before you move out of this quarterback, and Bruce Aaron said something similar to this the other day. Before you move on, these guys, okay, if they're gonna trade Russell Wilson, then who are they gonna go get? If they're gonna trade, or well, who are they so we're doing all this moving where people fighting out and the market's small. It's not enough. That's just what it is. It's almost like the housing market. It's like, hey, especially down here in the last few years, it's like, hey, there's a lot of people moving from east to west coast, but people are paying, you know, almost double or fifty thousand, sixty thousand more off of the market value of the house because there's there's not enough there there's not enough supply. 
So, so to me, it's just that my point with this whole take is like you can't make me believe there's really twelve or fifteen teams that really the only reason why they're not winning is because their quarterback. We we need a better quarterback. I'm not buying into that. I just think we get to that point that where it's it's part of the microwave society, it's part of the pressure, it's part of that, and it's about relationships. And before I move on from this, the problem when you talk about like a GM sitting there saying, well, hey, I believe in you. I kind of speak for you and this and this. Prime example is look at what's going on with the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Uh-huh. Okay. Lamar Jackson is representing himself through these talks. They're having talks as we speak and trying to get his contract. His mom is helping him, but Lamar is representing himself. Can you imagine the GM of the Baltimore Ravens? And he had to speak yesterday because he was asked, all these guys are getting asked these questions to combine. Can you imagine being in that situation? Because there are things that general managers and agents say against each other that never gets back to the players because you're going to piss them off. But if you're trying to tell him, Lamar, I can't give you this much money, you got he's got to be straight up with Lamar Jackson. Like, you know what, Lamar, man? Your accuracy's not really where we're at yet. Oh, well, you know what, Lamar, man? You know, so that right there could damage that relationship between Lamar Jackson and their GM. Right. But that's a rare situation. I mean, you've seen guys represent themselves before. Richard Sherman represented himself. But at the quarterback, think about that dynamic situation that's taking place in Baltimore. That fra- that relationship between Lamar Jackson and that GM who who took over Ozzie, who was handpicked before Ozzie gift wrapped him Lamar on his last draft before he retired, that relationship could become soiled because Lamar's representing himself. And I've got to tell you straight up when we're in negotiation what I think about you, why I can't pay you, give you what you want. It's the dynamic of what's going on right now in the NFL from these players, from you got agents such as, you know, Kyler Murray want to go ahead and sit out a sympathy uh, memo to the whole world begging to get his client paid ahead of time and still going to last contract. So it's just, but when I see 12, 15, 10, like, come on, man, there's about three or four teams, five teams that really need out of those 12 or 15. I say there's three or four franchises that really it's because they don't have a quarter, a good quarterback play. I think I can okay. come up with maybe eight. I don't know, man. Eight that are really uncertain. I got like the Giants, the Dolphins, uh, the the Texans, Eagles, Colts, Lions, Steelers. Broncos. I wouldn't put I wouldn't put the Eagles in there. You can't tell me you can't win with Jalen Hurts. They need better pieces, but I can't. They're they're not in dire need of a quarterback. But it's not about dire need. It's about un, they're they're unsure. I yeah, don't but, think, that, I don't but think that's my sure whole. But that's my whole point. The, point. the only reason why they're unsure is because they're staying. They're staring down at Kansas City. They're staring down in L.A. with the Chargers. They're staring up there in Buffalo. That's the reason why they're unsure. Because you're staring like it's human nature. You always want something that you really can't have. You know, there's rich people. There's billionaires that there's certain things that they can't buy, that they can't get. You, you, there's certain things, there's always things that certain people can't have, and that's the reason why they're insured. You can't tell me that there's never been that many of saying, when there's not nothing to choose, there's not a big pool to choose from. It's not. There's only, like I keep saying the years from the show, there's only 32 of these jobs. And I just think it again, I'm going to call them out on it because I think it's it's unfair and it's unexpected and it's sliding the first base. It's lazy hustle. They'll tell your family, hey man, we just ain't got that guy. Really? Because, like I said, you don't really need an Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen to win a Super Bowl. It helps. It makes it a lot easier. Guys like that can account for two or three games on the schedule that they can win if you have one of those guys. 
It may, that that's that's just that's just it. I mean, we can move on. But, but when you look at the take. playoffs, it, it, the playoffs is consisting of those guys. Though. But you, but the thing is, Jonas. But the reality of it is, is that that's fine. But you got to build a better team to get that. And I kind and the pushback on that is like, look, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady won another ring for a reason. He didn't take Jacksonville to win the Super Bowl. That team was built through the draft, through the defense, through their back ends, a couple receivers there. That team was stacked for him to come on and go and win. You can build teams and put a guy in there to go ahead and get the job done to win. So you can sit there and say, well, when we look at the playoffs, all we see is Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Okay, that's fine, but that, but they, Patrick's got one. Josh Allen ain't cracked yet. So he, Lamar Jackson ain't cracked through yet. So, so it don't matter if you just have those guys. You still got to have a complete team to go get the thing. But those GMs will sell in the social media world. They will sell to the fan base who wants blood and say, look, man, Cincinnati ain't done that in 30 years. They just got Burrow and they already went second, third year. It's the expectations. It's the microwave society. Moving on, speaking of football and NFL, the other news out today is basically, according to Adam Scheffler, uh, Amari Cooper will be outright released by the Dallas Cowboys. And I've been on these airways for the last seven, eight months saying that they, you know, it's, it's crime, love them, roll tide, but Dallas needed to get off this contract. And that doesn't shock me. Now, what I am hearing is, is in this, and if I'm a Dallas fan, this really needs to be about who you got. Instead of trying to look at them draft picks and say, well, Hey, you know, cause I'm hearing rumors, your kid out of Ohio state receiver. No, Dallas needs to continue getting guys on the back end of the defense. They don't need really need help on the offense. But what I'm hearing is this is more about wanting to commit to Gallup and give him a long-term deal. Now, keep in mind, now this is even shows you how twisted this is because Gallup is coming off of surgery. Okay? Gallup was making strides, and this is the reason why, my, you know, Gallup, this was a big season going into this year you know, for him. And then he gets hurt like in week three or week four it was. But I'm hearing it's more to give Gallup a long term because I thought they were going to lose Gallup. I mean, because if Gallup would end up playing, they probably would have got outbid for Gallup once free agency starts. But now they're probably going to see they can get him a lot cheaper than Amari. And they have faith that he's going to come back all right from this injury. But Amari, only two years, I think two years after being removed from signing a $100 million extension is going to be outright released. At the eight, and Amari's like only what twenty seven. He's only twenty seven. Twenty seven years old. He's got football left in him. But I, but I'm not killing Dallas for this because I figure like, look, man, you either try to trade him or you get him because you had the emergency of Wilson. You got Dak. I mean, excuse me. You got Zeke's contract is just sitting there. You ain't gonna be able to move that, and I doubt that you're gonna outright release uh, Zeke. But they had to make some, release some cap space. They had to do it, but it was just crowded, man. It, the rooms were crowded. I, I think Dak has become a quarterback with what you give him. He can still go in and excel. They were able to, and Amari just, unfortunately, Amari wasn't just there in some of their biggest moments. And you can go back to the last two years, two or three years. Some of their biggest playoff elimination game, we got to go beat Philly. We got to go on the road to Philly to win to get a playoff spot up. Amari's on the sideline when it's third and eight or fourth and two and a dot. He's, for whatever reason, he's out then. He's missed some other spots. So I get it. But again, it's like, damn, only two years after a hundred million extension. But Amari, Mario have, he, he, trust me, Amari won't be like, um, my man in Pittsburgh, Juju. He ain't, he's not going to be sitting there and having his phone just not ringing for a while. There's going to be some teams. Now, the one thing that sucks for Amari, is that this is happening on the year where the wide receiver group is deeper than all get out in this coming in draft. You got guys coming out of LSU receiver. I'm running a four two. It ran like a four two forty. 
I think. I don't know. I think that might even be a record. It, it, they just record. And and you know, I, the guys. And again, I don't know what the hell that's going on. Uh, he's from Miami, but I don't know what it is with guys out of Miami and fast man. They like they're 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 breeding a different type of animal down there, man. You know that that that's that's the, these guys coming out of there are running like you know stuff that's you get a speeding ticket driving through Windcrest. You ran that fast. You know what I'm saying? I mean that's moving. But um, no, nah, man, that that this that sucks for Amari, man, because this is a deep wide receiver. Like somebody like Kansas City, Cincinnati, some of these teams on the back end picking 31, 30, and 32, they, you you probably gonna get like a first round caliber receiver if you want to go that way. Or a pass rusher. Now if you sense it, I better not you better not draft anything that has a WR in it. It better be O L. It better be O L O L O L. D T. Okay. Speaking of Cincinnati, too, man, they, I, I was reading at USA Today, um, which we never touched on this story on the show, uh, but the kicker, you know, um, rookie kicker broke records consistent. They've got they've got a they got a real one. Cincinnati got a real one on nasty. the kicker. He's got a real one. I'm not gonna say we got another Adam Vinatieri on our hands, uh, but he's he's really good. Well, he's still catching hell from watching the halftime show from the sideline. Watching Dre Day and watching him and Mary do her thing. He, you know, he was caught. And then at the combine, his special teams coach was asked again about it, probably a local Cincinnati cat, but asked about it and say, oh, that's a sore subject. Yeah, we're not. Now, granted, this kicker and normally kickers come out of halftime about eight to 10 minutes early than the rest of the team. He's consistently come out early before the team has come out all season. I'm going to catch this kicker's back a little bit because, for one, the season that he had, and number two is like, look, because he's the only one that was caught on camera that was out there. There were supposed to be some other players that had got out a little bit early. One said, hey, man, that's Dre, man. I hear that. That's Dre Day, man. You know, let me get out and see what this at. The kicker was out there. I'm going to catch the kicker's back because, like, look, man, kickers are hardly ever included as part of the team anyway. You got one job to do, and that is to stay mentally prepared and mentally focused to kick a 40 to 50 yard winner if you have to to win a ball game or to send it to overtime. It's a lonely island. There's nobody else out there for you. And to me, if the guy wanted to go out there and catch a couple hot 15 bars from Dre and 50 and he was here and he did his time and that's just what it is, come on, man. Give him some slack. I don't need that ain't the reason why the Bengals lost the damn Super Bowl. Stop it. And it goes back to college where he doesn't go in during, like, superstitious. If you're mm-hmm. a kicker, if it's going to be on your leg to knock that 50-yarder to win it all, it goes back to college that yeah. he hasn't gone in the locker room during halftime. Yeah. Listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. We'll be back.